welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Alex Lacey and you might notice that there's a bit of a difference today. We don't have Emily Dell with us. I will explain why shortly. Um, but we are the Ladies Who London podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Ladies London, no, at Ladies Who London podcast. There we go. Um, as well as the website ladieswholondon.com for more information and the show notes about the show today. Obviously, you can tell it being just me, uh, Emily is not here today. Uh, please don't panic. Um, her daughter is a little bit ill, so she is taking some time out to go and uh, check up with her. So I have a rather special guest uh, with me today. Um, some of you, if you watched Global Tea Break on Instagram many moons ago, you will recognise this man because he came on several times. Uh, who are you, our guest today? Well, hello. I'm Simon Whitehouse. I'm a London Blue Badge tourist guide great chum of Alex's and I guess today I'm an honorary lady am you I are, you're can an I be an honorary lady, lady? <laughs> you can you can absolutely be an honorary lady um and I thought we'd get you on because um we are talking about a theatre person today and Simon you are very very linked to the theatre aren't you yes I am well you know I describe myself as a as a recovering actor <laughs> and in a sense that's what we all are really aren't we I suppose so <laughs> we're all we are, yes. We're, we're dramatic so-and-sos in the guiding community, aren't we? <laughs> yes, and I am, well, I'm fascinated to hear more about this person that we're, you're going to be talking about today, uh, because she is a legend, uh, that much I know. She very much but is. Now, we, we normally start the podcast off with podcast pedestal, um, but Emily has done that bit this week and she's not here. So we're going to leave it till next week uh, to find out the results of the podcast pedestal. But the Wheel of Destiny landed in um, Soho. So I just uh, decided that I'd, I'd been tootling around Mead Street in Soho uh, a little while ago. And I noticed that there was a little bit of an information plaque about Tallulah Bankhead or where she's mentioned on it. So I thought that was a perfect example because, as you say, Simon, she is a little bit of a legend isn't she what do you know about her do you know anything about her what do i know well i the word that that comes to mind when you mentioned Luda banker to me is outrageous yeah. i think of, of this person as being outrageous and as you know um and and you know because of my background i'm really interested in people's voices and accents and i know that Tulida banker had this absolutely extraordinary voice yeah and i'm really keen to know where this voice came from actually i don't know whether that's something you're going to talk about well today, we, but... yeah i will actually so um when you think about her voice what do you think about what does she sound like well now she, i should say at she, this point did... simon does do the most exceptional amount of um uh, voices and mimicry and he is actually uh, what, what is your other role in life as, as well as a tour guide well, I have occasionally appeared as um, a, a legend in her own lifetime also, uh, the, the very fabulous Dame Edna Everidge. Yes. But we better Tried not get into that. We better not Which... get, that, get, get into that today, had we? Which, well, I don't know. We, we can. <laughs> so what is it about Tallulah Bankhead's voice that you've kind of noticed that you're quite, you know, you're into or that you, you find quite exciting? Well, I mean, it, it was it was lower than a cellar, wasn't it? I mean, it, it, was, it wasn't it a, a, a raspy kind of voice like that. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to emulate it, but it, it was it was down there, wasn't it? It very like, much I mean, was. I, I can't go down that low, actually. She Men had, often can't, can they? She, oh, very famously. Uh, she, <laughs> 
she not had, in that yeah, sense. You're right. A very kind of deep, raspy sort of voice, which really went in. So you're right. She was absolutely outrageous. And some of the stories I'm going to tell today. Now, I should mention, if anybody is of a bit of a nervous disposition, uh, it's quite a sexy story today. So we are going to be talking a little bit about some of her exploits and some of the absolutely outrageous and slightly shocking stuff that she said um it's, we're gonna keep it relatively clean but i have to say you know there's a, it's hard to talk about her and really and um, keep it particularly clean because she is just complete she's the wild woman of hollywood and broadway and the west end so she's actually american um as simon's amazing accent might have might have uh, given away she was born in alabama so she this fantastic southern accent which you kind of think of you know streetcar named desire and all of this kind of thing and in fact that's a role that she was considered for at one point um and she did she had this amazing raspy voice now apparently when she was uh, very young she had quite a lot of um tuberculosis and bronchitis and all sorts of stuff and it basically kind of scarred her her chest and her voice which is what gave her this really deep raspy voice didn't help that she was known at her peak to smoke up to a hundred cigarettes a day. Oh, which so extraordinary! <laughs> I know. And she would drink bourbon like it was going out of fashion. She would drink up to a quart of bourbon a day. Now, a quart is, um, what is that in 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 British? That's about it's one of those massive oh, things of milk, isn't it? A quart. Yes, like just, she, basically, she would do half like, a pint. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no, like, much more, more than that. Half a oh. litre, probably. Oh, yeah, oh like, wow. You know, um, I think somewhere in the region she'd drink a bottle or two a day of bourbon at her, at her peak. So, you know, all of this is not going to be helping her, her voice any. So do you but... think she started out as a high soprano <laughs> and then <laughs> ended up with this bass voice? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> started out as a really kind of annoying, shrill voice and just went all the way down. Um no, so if we actually, in order to, to find out a bit about her, we have to go back a little bit to her childhood. She was born, I say, in Alabama in 1902. Um, it, and of course, Alabama is quite known for, um, you know, um, it's not the most liberal of areas, I would say. So she was very, very sort of stuck out like a sore thumb because she was really liberal. And in particular, she was very anti-segregation as well. So she would... Um, she sort of shout at politicians that didn't uh, didn't agree with her and things like that. But her father was a congressman and ended up becoming Speaker of the House as well uh, in his lifetime. But rather sadly, her mother died a couple of weeks after Tallulah was born from complications with the childbirth, essentially. And her dad couldn't handle his grief and basically wasn't really very present. So she grew up with her aunt and was sent away because she was, from the word go, a... I mean, I think... A handful is probably the best way to describe her. And can I ask you, was 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 Tallulah that that was her given name? Was that was, was she... her given name? Yeah, Tallulah. It was. Oh yeah. Yeah, Tallulah. Brockman it sounds such Bankhead. a Hollywood name, doesn't it? It sounds. It's... Well, I have to tell you, she was na- so. Her... It was the same name that her grandmother had, and she was named after the Tallulah Falls in Georgia. So it is actually quite dramatic. She's being named after this amazing waterfall. Um, That's perfect, isn't it? Yes, really perfect. A torrent. Yeah. Very much unstoppable, and it's exactly what she was. Um, So, given that she was this really sort of, uh, you know, basically a handful, she was. She apparently had all these kind of tantrums and all that sort of thing. They thought, right, we're going to send her away to boarding school, to a convent school, which is a recipe for disaster, really. I think. Well, you would think so, and she did get expelled twice. Um, Supposedly, 
One of the times she got expelled was, and this is absolutely brilliant, for coming on to a nun. <laughs> she was actually trying. Did that become a habit? To put. Yeah. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I like it. <laughs> um, and yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> So, as you can imagine, she, she got expelled twice and then eventually she ran away from the school at um, age 15. She she was aiming for Broadway. She'd, you know, she'd sort of been initiated into the theatre and she just went, that, that's me. That's where I need to be. So she entered a beauty competition when she was 15 and she was one of the winners. And the prize was to go to New York, stay in a hotel um, and then have a kind of bit part in a movie. So this is what she did. And she went off with her aunt. Now, her dad was very um she she called him daddy for the whole of the uh, whole of her life um that's how she referred to him and and they were actually surprisingly close given that he was quite you know quite distant in her childhood but he said to her he said you must avoid and that was part of the deal of her going you must avoid men and alcohol and rather famously later on she said he said nothing about avoiding women and cocaine so I think we know where this is going. <laughs> absolutely That's fantastic. a great line, isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. So she is clearly, uh, from everything I've told you so far, um, bisexual. Not that she called herself that. Um, again, you know, sort of labels on sexuality weren't quite the same as they are now. But she, she never really wanted to call herself a bisexual. So what she did call herself um, was ambisextrous. Oh. <laughs> Ambisextrous. I mean, she's clearly somebody way ahead of her time. Yeah. Isn't she? I mean, a trailblazer, really. Yeah. Hilarious. And she got on, she got on really well. I mean, she, she wasn't a trained actress, which uh, sometimes hindered her, sometimes didn't at all. Um, But she had this amazing husky voice. She was beautiful. She called everybody darling. Uh, So, you know, that, that sort of endeared her to particularly all the kind of the lovies on stage. Um, and she started to get some roles in silent films. And in 1918, when she was just 16 years old, she made her Broadway debut. Now, this was quite a big deal. And she basically, so she she started, one of the things that makes Tallulah Bankhead so famous is not just her acting, or we should probably say not even her acting. <laughs> it's more her social life, her partying and her really outrageous ways. One of the things that I love is she used to go to parties and she'd introduce herself by saying, I'm a lesbian. What do you do? <laughs> Just fantastic. <laughs> I mean, she's almost, as you know, I'm a huge fan of Oscar Wilde. Yes. She sounds almost like a female Oscar Wilde, you know, yeah. this, this making a name for herself, even before she'd become well known for her, uh, for acting. Absolutely. And, and she's she's got the same wit. She is very quick. Know, cultivating a personality of being outrageous. Definitely. She's got the same wit. She is very, yes. very, um, uh, she's very quick. She's very cutting. And it is hilarious. So we're going to we're going to look at a variety of things that she said today. Um, she decided in uh, 1923 to come to England. The, the opportunities were bigger there. There were better roles. And she she was in the time she was in England, which was quite some time. Um, she was in about 16 plays and some were utter rubbish. Some were just terrible, but some were Pulitzer Prize winning. So it was kind of one end or the other of this uh, this huge big thing. One of the first plays that she starred in uh, was one called The Rope Dancers. And it was opposite a guy called Gerald du Maurier. Do you know this this man? Yes, I do. Now, I do know Gerald du Maurier's name. Um, Gerald du Maurier was... Um... Uh, a writer and actor 
Yes. Or am I confusing him with George Demore? Well, uh, who was the father? Who was the son? Because there was George and there was Gerald. Well, I can Gerald never quite was remember. the was the father of Daphne Demore. He wrote Rebecca. Ah, yes, and George was his father. Gerald's That's right. Father. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Got it. So she she starts opposite him. Now, bear in mind, she's you know in her early twenties, so she's still you know really young, very pretty, very much a kind of you know a rising star. And of course, Gerald Demore, who was apparently known as a bit of a womanizer, takes a shine to her and makes a pass at her. However, guess who Tallulah is more interested in? His daughter, Daphne. (laughs) Fascinating. she likes to be the one doing the chasing. She does not like to be the chased. She likes to be the the seducer. So she's not the one for kind of laying back and letting people seduce her. She's the one who wants to kind of go out there and, and get this. So now that her daddy, you know, is far away, he's over in back in america she's in london she's off the leash and she just goes wild and it's amazing and do we know if daphne du maurier uh, welcomed her advances or i don't believe so but it's hard to say because tallulah bankhead claims that she had um by her her sort of 40s she reckons that she had bedded nearly five thousand people (gasps) so maybe how does she have the time i know (laughs) I know. Where would you find the time? Where would you find the time? Clearly, sleep is not an issue. She just, you know, it's about bedding everybody. But 5,000 people, she reckons, um, were the sort of the notches on her bedpost, which is amazing. Mm. And I guess, it, you know, you mentioned cocaine. So so she was she was, she was, was a prolific uh, yes. cocaine user. Cocaine and a variety of other drugs as well. She was very, very hedonistic. So whatever is going so around. So I'm guessing she was wide awake at all hours of the day and night absolutely wired absolutely wired so with all of this happening in london her stage career massively takes off and it's she has this apparently incredible stage presence um doesn't matter that she hasn't got any acting uh training her stage presence just takes her through but again a lot of her um the sort of cachet around her is based around her partying and the sort of things she gets up to. So she had a variety of things that she was known for. One was that she would often wear really kind of flimsy lingerie and negligee on stage, even if the role wasn't about that, she'd still wear it. So everyone was getting a flash of everything. Um, And one of her party tricks at parties was basically to just get naked. So she would do naked cartwheels, she would flash the fact that she'd got no knickers on. She would strip at parties and she was just outrageous. Absolutely amazing. Wow. <laughs> I can't imagine it now, can you? Well, you probably can. I've, I've been to your parties. I know exactly what they're like. <laughs> well, if in doubt, I mean, get naked, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. If there's the a motto I live by. <laughs> so I wonder, so, so, and who were the people, who were her, like her, her contemporaries? So who, who, who were the sort of people oh. that she... You know, I'm, I'm thinking that era is it is people like Greta Garbo, I guess, in Hollywood yeah. and Betty Davis and all those kind of people, oh, is it? Oh, yes. So Greta Garbo, definitely. Marlena Dietrich. Oh, Marlena Dietrich, of course. Now, Marlena Dietrich and Greta Garbo. Marlena, definitely. Greta, possibly, had affairs with Tallulah Bankhead as well. Ah, OK. Yeah. OK. And Betty Davis, we're going to come on to her later because she and Tallulah um, did not get on. For some hilarious reasons. And we'll, we'll come on to that a little bit later because that comes a bit later in her career. So what what's quite interesting about this is because she's very much outspokenly bisexual, gay, 
ambisextrous, whatever whatever label you want to put on it. She was a bit of a gay icon as well. And she had this gaggle of women who would come and watch her at these shows. They were called they called themselves the gallery girls. They'd sit up in the gallery and basically annoy everybody else because whenever she was on stage and whenever she was taking her curtain call, they would just be hollering and stamping and screaming and throwing roses and apparently you couldn't hear anything else going on over the noise of these gallery girls. So it's just chaos, basically. It would have been so amazing. I had no idea of her this 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 yeah her presence in the West End. That's yeah. fascinating. She was in in, yeah. in the West End for nearly ten years, and then she um, went back to America, and then kept coming back as well. Um, one of the places now the reason that we have a plaque for her on a Mead Street is because right there, sixty nine Dean Street, and kind of going on to Mead Street, um, was the Gargoyle Club, and the Gargoyle Club was at the very top couple of floors. Have you heard of this club? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, and it, it was, was a... sort of it was where all the bright young things hung Absolutely. out wasn't it in the sort of 20s that's right Noel Coward um, Fred Astaire all of that lot um, it was established by a guy called David Tennant not that one a different one um, and it was a very very kind of famous place where they'd all hang out and apparently she would just get naked there all the time it, she'd be dancing on tables Noel Coward would be playing the piano like it was just you know it was crazy and amazing and it would have been mayhem and amazing to see um, yes and, and you know she, you she would sort of roar around London in her Bentley as well. You know, she was just a girl about town. And rather famously, and this is the, the story that you mentioned to me when um, I, I said that we we're doing Tallulah Bankhead. This is a bit later in the 1950s when she's been coming back uh, regularly to London. She did a press conference at the Ritz Hotel. And during this press conference, she took off her shoe. She poured champagne into it. And then she drank the champagne from her shoe. I mean, it, it, it's a statement. It's definitely a statement. So it's just, just wonderful. And and can you still get a can you still um can you still get a drink like that at the Ritz? Do you think probably if you try hard enough? Yeah. Yes, we'll have You've to we'll have to find out. We'll have to do it. We'll go next week and uh, try drinking champagne out of a uh, out of my um, sketches. <laughs> See if that goes down well. <laughs> Um, but mentioning the people that she was around at the same time, so Marlena Dietrich, she she did have this affair with her uh, that we definitely know about. Greta Garbo, she definitely pursued her. We're not 100% sure if Greta Garbo gave in or not. But Marlena Dietrich <laughs> described Tallulah as the most immoral woman who ever lived, which is <laughs> just brilliant. I mean, they all clearly loved her and hated her in equal measure. It seems amazing. Yes, yes. And um, she would have loved it. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. that's what she was hoping for, to be described Absolutely. as such. And she was never quite, she never quite got up to the sort of the stellar level that, you know, the Garbos and the Betty Davises of the era did. Um, she wasn't ever quite as iconic as they were. But I think her name lives on kind of a lot more now, just for the amazing stuff that she was, she was getting up to. And she do you think that's because, is it because she was, because of her, her sort of personality, do you think was she notoriously difficult perhaps to work with? Do yes. we know? Yes, she, mm. she was. And I think particularly in later years when her drinking got more and more, in fact, she did rather famously did a um, an episode of I Love Lucy, which of course is still very, very popular in the US. And um, it's hilarious. It's a really great episode. Um, but apparently Lucy said that she was really hard to work with because of the drinking. Um and all that kind of thing. And actually, interestingly, all of this stuff, all of these things that she's saying and all of this, uh, you know, the the kind of foul mouthness and all the stuff she's getting up to gets her on a little bit of a blacklist. She um, 
there was this list that was going around all of these different um, studios in Hollywood called the Doom Book. And it was put together by a guy called Will Hayes. And basically every studio got one of these lists. It was a sort of, you know, made into a book. And inside there were the names of about 150 different actors and actresses who were deemed unsuitable for the public. And Tallulah Bankhead was at the top of a list just for her. Uh, un- in, and it was entitled Verbal Moral Turpitude. <laughs> it's just amazing. Wonderful. Um, yeah, because there, there were these very strict moral codes in Hollywood, weren't there, in, in the 20s and 30s? In yeah. fact, what was it called? The, wasn't there something called the Hayes Code? Is, 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 is yeah, that so what it was it the was? Hayes Committee. Yeah, the Hayes, Hayes Committee. Ah, who, yeah, yeah. Who put together this this uh, this doom book. And she hated Will Hayes for this. And she actually said in public, and apologies for my language, she said, uh, she, she said that he was a little prick. <laughs> so she was actually calling this guy out in public. Just amazing. So obviously she goes back to Hollywood. She goes back in, um, well, her father falls ill, um, very late 1920s, um, early 1930s. So she decides to go back to America. Um, She does a little bit on Broadway and then she's picked up by Paramount in Hollywood. And so she goes over to L.A. And rather rather hilariously, the train she was on going to L.A. had in it uh, a newlywed couple, Joan Crawford and her husband, Douglas Fairbanks. And they were going on their honeymoon. And she said she had drinks with them and dinner and stuff. And she said to Joan, you're divine. I had an affair with your husband. You're next. Joan Crawford on a flipping honeymoon. That's extraordinary. And I mean, Joan Crawford was, was no, you know, she was, she was a formidable yes. force of nature in Hollywood. So, yeah. so sounds like she, she might've met a match with. Maybe. With, and I with, don't know whatever came of that. I, I do not know, but um. Yeah, who who can say? And so when she gets to Hollywood, of course, Hollywood have heard of her reputation. They know, they they know what's coming. They know of the whirlwind. But they, even then, they are shocked when she gets there. Very early on, um, the same year that she got there, the, the, she went to a Christmas party, um, at somebody's house just after she'd be, she'd been there a couple of months, and she decided she was quite early at the party. As all the guests were arriving, she stripped naked. She grabbed a bunch of grapes and then she laid down on a marble bench, which was right at the entrance to where all the guests there. And she basically draped the grapes over herself and called herself a piece of art. So as all of these guests are coming in for this Christmas party, there's a naked Tallulah Bankhead just draped in grapes (laughs) as you're walking in. Just hilarious. And she made some properly hilarious comments about things. She said, now this is um, a slightly slightly ruder comment, if anyone is uh, easily offended. She said, "Um, I've tried everything. Going down on a woman gives me a stiff neck. Going down on a man gives me lockjaw. Conventional sex gives me claustrophobia. (laughs) (laughs) And she was, yes, she must have been a bit of a nightmare to work with um, for all of this, because studios don't want their name associated with somebody who is, you know, being quite so scandalous. And actually there was a, a, a manager um, in Hollywood who said that a day away of t- from Tallulah is like a month in the country. <laughs> Just brilliant. Um, now, one of the things, her relationship with her dad keeps going on, you know, through, um, he, he's, he's okay. He, he kind of survives for quite a bit longer, actually. And he really wants her to get married and have kids. One thing that he didn't know is that Tallulah was unable to have kids because... She had um, caught gonorrhea from somebody, had a really bad uh, infection with gonorrhea and had to be rushed in for an emergency hysterectomy. And apparently she was in in the operating theatre for about six or seven hours. She nearly died and she was in hospital for weeks on end. So having kids was out of the question. 
But in classic Tallulah Bankhead style, as she was leaving the hospital, having been hospitalised for several weeks, she was sort of stalking out of the hospital and she shouted back at the doctors, don't think this has taught me a lesson. (laughs) Ah, She's completely unrepentant. Completely unrepentant. You know, gonorrhea has caused this and she's just like, whatever. But she did get married. Um, There was a chap called John Emery and they got married in 1937. She said he is so-so which is not a great place to start a marriage. I think it would be a hard man that could, could to live up to, to the bank. Absolutely. And in fact, in fact, she'd already said that, that men were for sex, but women were for relationships. That's what she'd said early on. So, um, yeah, it was probably never going to work. And she also said, you know, I've been doing my own thing for so long now. I can't, I can't really summon up the amount of commitment that I need to, to make this work. And they both basically used the press attention to their... Um, to their favour when they were on their honeymoon they basically invited the press along they said just come along with us and <laughs> so the the day after their their um wedding night she's the, the press was sort of asking her Tallulah Tallulah what happened what happened and she said well the weapon may be of admirable proportions but the shot is indescribably weak <laughs> so <laughs> it's just hilarious it's 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 amazing is there is there, is, there, is there a is there a book of like her collected you oh, know um, um what do we call them epigrams witticisms. aphorisms witticisms witticisms yeah. yes well she did yes. write her own um autobiography in the 1950s how many of them are in there I'm I'm not sure because I've not read it uh, but apparently it was very much a tell all uh, no holds barred everything kind of in this book so again that was quite a scandal when that was released so I imagine do we know who really gave her the gonorrhea. We don't. There's a was couple that... of well, there, there was a story that it might have been Gary Cooper, oh. um, but to be honest, she was sleeping around so much that it could have been a variety of people. <laughs> but I suspect a few people caught it from her as well. It's just unbelievable. Um, so one thing that she does do is she goes and does a few plays on Broadway. Now she she most of her plays on Broadway are a bit of a flop, and she got a role in a play called Dark Victory. And this was an absolutely huge flop. But then a few years later, the film was made. I think about five years afterwards, the film was made. But Tallulah did not get the role that she had played on stage. It went to her rival, Betty Davis. Now, exactly. This happens a couple of times with a play called Jezebel and also All About Eve. Um, Tallulah Bankhead played Eve... On Broadway, she claimed that the role had been written for her, but Betty Davis says it wasn't. She said it wasn't written for anyone, but but Tallulah says it was. And in all three occasions, Betty Davis then played that same role when it went to film. So Tallulah was a little bit peeved by all of this. And she she called Betty, she referred to Betty Davis as that hag Betty Davis, which is just hilarious. Never really forgave her. Um, and Betty Davis, there's a great uh, little video, which I'm going to try and embed on the uh, the, sh- the show notes. So if you want to pop onto the website and have a look afterwards. Um, and Betty Davis said that she she ran into Tallulah at a party. It was like two in the morning. Tallulah was, you know, several sheets to the wind. And she um, she went up to her and she said, Miss Davis, you've played all the parts I've played. Only I've played them so much better. And Betty Davis thought, I can't really one-up Tallulah Bankhead. So she said, Miss Bankhead, I couldn't agree more. And apparently Tallulah was really furious at this and like stalked off, which is just ah. hilarious. She is priceless, absolutely priceless. I um, think we'd all, I think we all secretly admire her, don't we, really? I think so. we, we, we'd all like to, be, we'd all like to be a little bit like her, I think, wouldn't we? A little we? bit naughty and a little bit yes. able to we kind of... like to say these things to people. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's the same thing, you know, with Churchill. He had so many of those phrases. And to be honest, they're quite cutting, but they're really funny. And you sort of think, oh, I'd love to be able to come up with something like that so quickly. Yes. Um, and often, actually, there's, there's great, you know, truth in, in, in what is said, isn't they? Well, they, they often contain yeah. great truths, don't they? These? Absolutely. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, so in 1944, she now a lot of her films kind of tanked, but she got this this one film with Hitchcock called Lifeboat, and um, again she kind of carried on with her normal uh, you know general sort of activities. She's she'd have been um, 42 by this point, and she famously hated wearing underwear. So every morning she would climb up this. Don't ladder we all? Well, I know, right? So <laughs> pretty much the entirety of this film is filmed in the lifeboat. Um, so every morning she'd climb up this ladder into the lifeboat and she would love going up first to give them a flash of the fact that she hadn't got any underwear on. And there was a, a female reporter visiting the set and she complained about it. And the studio said, well, we'll go and, we'll go and talk to, uh, to Hitchcock. And apparently he thought the whole thing was hilarious. And he said he wasn't sure if her lack of underwear uh, was a matter for the hair or the wardrobe department. <laughs> What was the sequel? Commando. Well, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one of the things that happens is, of course, she, having been a a bit of a boozer and a, a, you know, drug user most of her life, this kind of starts catching up with her. So in the 1950s, she's at the height of her fame. She's coming up towards 50 years of age. She'd be on, like I said earlier, about 100 cigarettes a day. She'd drink like a fish. And the doctors told her to cut back. So her idea of cutting back was to add ginger ale to the bourbon. (laughs) So just amazing. Um, and then she published her autobiography in 1952. But we get to 1961 and there was a film that was being made. Um, it was a Disney film and it was an animated film. And the animator, Mark Davis, was needing to find some examples to model the main character on. And he thought, well, I'm going to go for some real life bad women. And he said he had a couple of women in mind, but the only one he ever name dropped was Tallulah. Um, and... When you know who the character is, you will see exactly what I mean about how close they are. So they're both very thin, chain smoking, uh, both got husky voices. They love sort of speeding around in a car. And when they laugh, it's a kind of throaty cackle. Can you think of any animated Disney villain that is like that? Oh, I guess I'm, I guess there's, the, well, there's the witch in Snow White, I suppose. But yeah, is it's that... not her. Much more sort of fabulous and evil. Oh! <gasps> Cruella, is it Cruella yes. de Vil? Cruella oh. de Vil. Oh my goodness! So Cruella de Vil, in the in the very first, the animated hundred and one yes, animations, yes. is based predominantly on Tallulah Bankhead. That is extraordinary, yeah. and I, of course, and that look that 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 animation is so. I mean, it's so um, memorable. Seared into isn't your brain, it? isn't so, it? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Because she's got that sort of evil grin and she's fabulous and she's got the, you know, the cigarette going the whole and time. And the cigarette, like the cigarette holder. She hasn't she exactly. got a hot cigarette holder. Yeah, 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 yes. So that is based on Tallulah Bankhead, which is just... Well, so she's immortalised in... Oh, that's, in that's that. terrific. Amazing. That's terrific. One of the last jobs she ever did, um, actually acting, was um, as a... I think it was the actual title of the role was Special Guest Villain in the Batman TV series. And she was told that the series was really high camp. And so people were sort of, a couple of her friends were encouraging her to do it and they, they got her in on it. Um, and they said, you know, it's really high camp. But, uh, you know, what do you think about that? And she said, darling, don't tell me about camp. I invented it. Brilliant. So eventually all this kind of drink and drugs, it does take its toll on her. And she 
towards the end of her life, she was spotted sauntering down a street in New York. Um, someone stopped her and said, are you Tallulah Bankhead? And she replied, I'm what's left of her, darling. And that's sort of kind of what happens is she kind of, um, who was it? I think it was Orson Welles said that I've never known, I've never seen the aging process quite so starkly on somebody from someone who was so beautiful to someone who is really quite wretched with age. Um, and and it was more the booze and the fags than, than anything else, than the age. Um, she dies in 1968. She'd apparently been saying for about 10 years that she wanted to die. She'd sort of kind of done everything she wanted to do and was a bit miserable. Um, but she died in 1968 from double pneumonia. And the last public appearance was on The Tonight Show where she was on with Paul McCartney and John Lennon. So, I mean, what a way to go out, frankly. Yes, and to live through that whole era so that you you, you, you live into the era of the Beatles. I mean, that's... The Beatles, incredible. And her last words were apparently codeine bourbon. That was it. <laughs> That was the end of Tallulah ah. Bankhead. She's buried in New York. Um, she, yeah, lived the last couple of her years over in New York, but she was back and forth to England an awful lot. And, and like I say, 10 of those formative years that really started her career um, were, were in London and were particularly around the Soho area. So that is our story about Tallulah Bankhead. Fantastic. Well, in fact, uh, while you were chatting away, Alex, I, d I, I did some extensive research and I, <laughs> I, I discovered, in fact, I discovered that back in 2014, the Ritz came up with a cocktail. Oh. And it was, um, it, they created a glass version of one of Christian Louboutin's um, uh, stiletto shoes. I say. Um, and it, it's called the Tallulah. <gasps> now, I don't know whether it? it's still, I don't know whether it's still on the menu, but. We must go. We have to go and find out. I think we'll just go anyway. Let's just go anyway. Yes. Yes. Should we go, we should we, go, we, and, should we, and, and, and Get naked. Champagne out of our shoes. Yes, get, get naked. naked. Let's get naked yes. and drink champagne out of our shoes. And you drape yourself over a chaise long in yes. the lobby of the Ritz. I'll put some grapes on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's that do it. Sounds like a great idea. Let's see, we'll do some performance art. We'll be there for a week. It'll be fantastic. Yes. <laughs> you bring the cocaine, I'll bring the girls. Wonderful. <laughs> Which will interest neither of us, but never mind. <laughs> Well, there we go. So that is that is our little story on Tallulah Bankhead. I mean, what a woman. I I probably would have loved and also feared being going to a party with her. Do you think you'd have? Yes. Yes, you'd to be and also been in, yeah, terrified of what's she going to do? How is she going to take me down? What's going to happen? Although, to be honest, by the sounds of it, she'd probably have cracked on to both of us. Yes. I yes, mean, I can't think. You know, can't think. Who, who's like this today? I can't think of anyone that's that, that's remotely. No, I mean there are there are people that I suppose that behave outrageously, but nothing. I can't think of anyone that's on that scale. She's like, she's like one of the Gallagher brothers, but a really posh version. Yeah, I mean, okay, Lady Gaga kind of you know pulls stunts, doesn't she? And she, she does, does, but she's not quite. But so she's not. Sort of, I don't know headline grabbing in that way she you know she does amazing theatrical stuff but i mean like we say Tallulah wasn't a trained actress she wasn't particularly noted for her acting ability she sometimes had roles that, that she could she could handle but it was her lifestyle and her presence and her party going i mean i guess she was sort of a socialite of the day but not but more than that because she was you know it was through the theater and through film as well so i can't yeah. think who we'd equate her to today if anyone no. listening if you've got an idea about who we'd equate her to if you've got any, you know, anybody you can think of, let us know. She was a one-off, I think. She was I think a, a one-off. One 
And I love the fact that we're still talking about her today. You know, there are um, Vanity Fair ran an article on her, I think actually earlier on this year, um, all about her. Yes, it was because it's when the Cruella um, movie came out and they did a little thing on her as well. So her her legacy lives on. Has there, has there been a film about her life or, or, or a TV movie i i feel like I there ought know. to be i feel like there should <gasps> who would play her who would play me Bankhead? you okay okay me. fine all right <laughs> maybe lady gaga i mean she's just done gucci isn't she yeah yeah you need to find somebody with that, 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 that maybe you could husky do it. voice okay I'll, I'll 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 just call somebody and tell them i'll do it Absolutely. i'll do it <laughs> actually you know I, there's she passed away just a few years ago elaine stritch you know elaine stritch oh yeah um who who, of course, was a Broadway actress and yeah. singer. Yeah. And, of course, famously had this really deep voice, this raspy voice. I wonder whether she would have been the kind of kind of person that could have played to Maybe. Linda Bankhead. Maybe. Yeah. And also, she she, you know, she was quite outrageous, and she had a big big drink problem. I wonder whether... Mm. Anyway. Life imitating art a bit too closely now. But, yes. Uh, yes. We well... Go. So that is it for this week. Now, next week's podcast is our Christmas special. So we're not going to spin the wheel, plus Emily's got the wheel. Uh, so next week will be our Christmas special where we're going to be having some guests pop along uh, during the recording. And we've got uh, one of our lovely listeners who is coming with us as well on that. Um, so we will uh, see you next week for that. But before we go, Simon, if you've got anything you'd like to tell people about, where can they find you? If they like your vibe, like the cut of your jib, where are you? Where can they find me? Oh, yes. Well, I'm on Instagram. They can find me at Blue Badge Simon. Yeah. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at bbgsimon at gmail.com. And you've got a variety of tours that you do regularly, public tours, haven't you? I do, yes. Yes, doing a few seasonal tours at the moment, doing sort of Dickens Christmas Carol in the city and, and yeah. seasonal traditions, all sorts of things, really. Well, yes. Hey, I think you should. Things. I think you should do a Tallulah Bankhead walk, Alex. Why don't you do a Tallulah? Oh, or, the, or or maybe like like um, you could do um, the Bright Young Things kind of walk through That'd Soho nice. and and do you know? Yes. Maybe we'll yeah. have to think about that for the new year. Watch this space, everybody. Yes. Um, well, for me, we've got uh, a couple of Christmas lights tours that are coming up. Um, nearly fully booked. The 19th, I think, has two spots remaining. Um, and the 21st of December still has a couple of spots. But fun fact, the the virtual live Christmas lights walk is now on sale. It's £10 per person. It's on the 23rd of December at 5pm. But if you cannot watch live you have the ability to watch back. And last year it was a huge success. We had about 150 people on the tour. I take to the streets of London. I live stream my Christmas lights tour. So if you want to get in the festive spirit, um, that is a lot of fun to do. So you'll be able to, if you can't watch live, you can watch back for two weeks afterwards. Um, just pop onto my website, alexlacy.com, and the tickets are all on there. Um, and we'll hopefully see you there. But I think from us, that's it this week. Uh, we're sending lots of love to Emily and we hope that Carmen is better soon. Um, and hopefully she'll be back next week for our Christmas podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week, Simon. What a treat to have you on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I feel honoured and I'm, I'm, I'm really delighted to learn so much about this fantastic person, Tallulah Bankhead. Absolutely. So. And what we will do again is, as we normally do, um, on Instagram on the Sunday or you can email us as well on the website let us know what you think the most important point of the story was where did it all hinge around what was the thing that really changed her story and made her the person she uh, she was let us know what you think and we'll read some of them out next week um, when we will catch up on this week's one as well thank you all so much for coming 
Love you lots. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.